Welcome to Forge by Fire. My name is Ryan Stevens. Here with a fellow veteran, entrepreneur, Rob Hefley. What's up, buddy? Man, excited to be here tonight to talk about one of my favorite things, or uh, I should say, uh, one of my favorite things to make, <clears throat> to share, and then give, you know, and one of those things that many times I've not had a whole lot of, the, uh, but it's definitely one of those subjects I, I get talked to about a lot now. It seems like it comes up almost daily with me and I talk about about how to make more of it, how to get more of it, and I'm not talking about sex. It's so. the elusive thing called money. Yeah, money. I wish we could play some money songs. Like me and Ron, I played a couple before, but I didn't want to get sued by you know Pink Floyd because I love the money song there and some change and also a little Biggie Smalls on money more problems. And I can say that's definitely been the case for me. Many times I thought you know money would solve a lot of my problems, but it hasn't, man. But man, before we jump into that, how about give me some uh, uh, grid coordinates? Where are you at? Where are you at tonight? Where are you at physically? Tell us that because you are in a hotel room. Looks like you got a beautiful vent and curtain behind you. I see you on Skype. Come on, man. Uh, God's good to me. I'm in Denver, Colorado. Um, man, things are really good for me, man. I got a lot of things going on. We just finished up a, a two-day pistol class and a two-day carbine class with... Uh, one of my good buddies, guys that I look up to, uh, Daniel Shaw from Shaw Strategies. And um, man, I had a really awesome opportunity with um, Conway Fire Department. They asked me to be the keynote speaker of their awards banquet. And uh, man, what an honor to share the night with those warriors. Um, they had awards that they just gave out i mean i'm talking life-saving awards <clears throat> and i got to share the night with them and and talk to them about being warriors and man it was such a humble experience so man i'm on cloud nine to be honest yeah, it's like in the, in the mile house i hope you've not been eating any gummies or any any infused brownies you're talking a little slow there you know i can see your eyes though it looks good so hopefully you dude know, I, hopefully I, you're not gonna i was like, walking down six <laughs> people were smoking weed everywhere like testing, <laughs> it's not illegal there <laughs> puff puff give just like no i can't dude, I, I know i'm like <laughs> you get your badge dude, i can't have the that police department let's arrest <laughs> these folks Dude, they're just happy. Have you ever, is a pothead ever assaulted anybody in their entire life? Have you ever seen a pothead? I don't think them, they them, have, but... <laughs> but what? <laughs> it's like... I don't know. Yeah, like, right. This, this guy's uh, under the influence. Uh, he's, he's hurting somebody. No, he's not. He's sitting in the corner eating some Cheetos. But... No, I think, I think that it's like a rule. If you live in Denver, you have to have a different color hair. Like, you have to have green, purple. I mean, I'm not judging, but I'm just saying. Would you call your like, hair, was, would you call your hair know, shiny? Is that like shiny transit? metallic? Is that what yours call? You know, like you know. What's up? Your hair like shiny. Is that what you'd call that hair color? Metallic or you know? Dude, I don't know what it was called, man. I was riding on the transit and everybody had rings in their face and purple hair. Smell like weed. Hey, man, Jesus loves them, so you can love them. That's exactly yeah. right. I like Denver, dude. I feel like I fit in there. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> It's got one of my favorite barbershops down there and some good food. And I stayed downtown, I guess, the spring. It's definitely a different place, man. And I think people go there. Um, not just that there's a, yeah, they feel accepted. Um, you know, it's one of those I things, agree. too. I think, you know, there's a part, you know, there Portland, uh, there Austin, uh, Denver, different places like that. And I think 
sometimes it's kind of cool the inclusion like that because people are accepting sometimes they're not you know like they wouldn't accept you because you have a gun and you're bald head and you look like you're about you know a marine so some places they don't accept you so but I, dude, but, I felt like people were nice good i yeah, mean i yeah. walked down 16th street people were saying hi good, good. i felt like dude, i don't when, know i felt like they were being nice yeah if you're hot you're gonna be nice you know hopefully you know they couldn't, they couldn't <laughs> see, you couldn't see uh, her complete squint on. Oh man, I'll, I'll get off back to the subject here. My grid coordinates, man, uh, I went deer hunting with the family this last weekend, you know, and I killed a deer, not before last, actually in my, not my yard, but in my field next to my yard. And uh, sit there, killed it, gutted it, skinned it, cooked it, shared it with the family, had a good time with that, man. And just, uh, you know, got to hang out Daniel Shaw, which was really, um, it's really cool to be with another guy, you know, you, uh, you, you served with, but, you know, he was really cool to see that side of you that knew you, you know, Ryan in the military, Ryan post-military, and also Daniel to see these guys, man. I, and I, I need to be really honest with you because, I mean, you're one of my best friends. And uh, Scott Roberts, another another jarhead. But, like, my take on Marines is so different than it used to be. And I guess, oh, I guess yeah. the, I just, man, I used to not, I always joke about you being a crayon eater, but I feel like some of the best conversations, you know, some of my best friends, I don't know if it's God's like, Hey, this is exactly you're sitting there stereotyping somebody because they were a Marine, you know, cause they couldn't get above a 30 on their ASVAB. They're the Marine. But I was like, man, Watch it. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying though? It's truthful though, yeah. that man, I was like, really some of the coolest people and not just cool, but very intelligent, man, and very creative. You know, talking to Daniel, I'm excited about that podcast coming out. You know, somebody that went to film school, somebody, you know, that does SEO, somebody does all these things that I'm like, really? You know, you know, those things, which is cool, and making his own way and teaching. And uh, just uh, that, you know, sit there, that stereotype I used to, is changing. You know, it's, it's, and I'm saying that's one of those things, being honest there. But, uh, Man, I'm I'm like Mr. Mom in it, you know. I my beard's almost full. Kind of look like, you know, I sit there, uh, like taking care of my kids. My wife is in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. She got a massage last night, and what, she's what she doing in Phoenix? She's training Plexus. They're doing their leadership 2.0, which I could have went, but I didn't want to leave the kids. We've traveled so much, and so I'm just hanging out here. And there, I got Disney Plus today, which I can't get my Samsung TV to download. It's so my kids. They got the iPad, and they're like this close from it, and they're like on drugs. They've never seen the old Disney cartoons. They're watching Little Mermaid right now. That's how Judson. You watch Beauty and the Beast. We need some masculinity here. And uh, it was like after this, just watch something, you know, Marvel, something killing somebody or something, you know. And he's like, "What, Dad?" I'm like, "Relax. I'm just joking with you." But. Man, excited to be here, excited, you know, to have conversation, and tonight, like, we're going to talk about money, and uh, I know some of you, like, the whole thing, you grow up, don't ever talk about money, it's the wrong, you know, don't ever tell much you make, don't ever, you know, kind of that, that pose part there, don't ever ask for help, don't ever, you know, only talk to, you know, act like you got it, all those things, all these myths, I've even put on Facebook, you know, what's the myths today, what are some myths, and what are some truths you've learned about money, and, uh, but I, I wanted to get into our biographies a little bit about money because um, I think, you know, sometimes people look at maybe me and think I've been successful financially, and I definitely am in some aspects and some aspects not. And, and same thing with you, Ron. It's like, hey, you, you guys are not normal middle-class people or low-class. But uh, my story, man, I was, I grew up, my parents had both had two kids and had me. Then we had like, a, a nice house, a new house, you know, a couple of new houses. My dad liked to move a lot and farm, 
but about I was in fifth grade. My parents got divorced. I remember we left. My mom had like $13 and we stayed at my grandma's house and she had just passed away. So, you know, like we were, you know, we, we were cash Kings there, you know, $13. I remember buying some little Debbie's and I remember that man, you know, I never felt like I had lack of anything, but I remember I knew my life was changing. You know, like there was like going from having a, a you know, pretty, pretty much what I needed more than what I needed to not having much at all. And uh, my mom always sacrificed for me, man, you know, so many years through that. And I remember, I mean, the little sacrifices I remember. And she bought me a pair of Jordans in the seventh grade. cost like $144. It was a huge sacrifice for her, you know. And, uh, but just the different things. She's always took care of me and made sure I had what I needed. But thinking was about that. Huh? She was a single mom in it, working multiple jobs. Oh, I mean, she's sitting there. She's working the church there. And she had, she got a little bit from my dad from divorce and different things. She's always made sure, you know, that I was taken care of. But after she had got remarried for a while and this guy wasn't really the greatest person. Really kind of want to spend her money kind of guy you know and she didn't have much but you know I was only married like a short time we came went to Texas came back and I remember you know she from then from like 91 time I was about 13 till you know she's still single which I wish she'd find her somebody or but I don't think she ever will besides the point though is like man I always believed in my head that I would be successful. And I think it's because my dad, you know, he's always put that persona off. Well, you don't know if he's got a million dollars or nothing, but you know, he usually looks nice. He usually has expensive cowboy boots on a nice truck, a nice form. You know, you don't know if he's in debt or whatever, but he's made millions and spent millions. And you know, that was a persona that, Hey, that's, and I always believed, you know, even when I had nothing that I would eventually have something that work hard. And even told my family that and I was young, they're like, you're crazy, you know, but fast forward, man through life man i got into debt up and down you know student loans you know work good jobs and you know worked horrible jobs uh all those things you know sit there and just struggled different times and uh even at one time the first part of me and jessica's marriage had a business had about 16 employees um did really well and then everything just kind of crashed had to go back to work had to sell that bit i had to shut that business down sell my crossfit and go back to work for the man, which, you know, was definitely, man, probably one of the most humbling uh, things in my life. Then, you know, kind of started making our way back. You know, the plexus happened, kind of blew up, and some other businesses doing very well. And uh, then even within that, man, we had more money than we've ever had. But we still had issues with money and because uh, we had completely different ideas and about our plan. And I still think having a plan for your money and having, you know, having a plan with your wife and her knowing your plan, you know, sitting there having the same plan um, is such a big deal. Because I think, but but I just don't want people to think, hey, Rob, you're successful, so you can't tell me what to do or how it's been. But, man, my wife is like Dave Ramsey Jr., you know. And I even I told you, like, the book I'm writing, I got a chapter in it called F.U. Dave Ramsey because, you know, <laughs> Dave Ramsey's, I've missed out on new trucks. I've missed out on vacations. I've missed out on guns because he's like, would Dave do that? And I'm like, no, Dave wouldn't do that. Dave wouldn't do no, anything. Wouldn't Dave wouldn't do that. And Dave, Dave would go, wouldn't have a new truck either. And Dave would go out and pick up cans, man, and, you know, live in a tent down by the river. But, you know, I was like, you know, but that's, the, you know, my mentality is like that entitlement comes back. I'm like, I don't want to do that. But, you know, Dave Ramsey, man, my wife, when I met her, this is how different we were. She was like 26, had bought a house, had a car paid off, had paid her student loans off. And she went to school to private school and her parents, you know, I didn't say have a pot to piss in, but her dad worked at a 
factory and had had five kids so you know they went a whole lot of money they didn't here's your money she went to college though without a cell phone and without a car and i'm like who did that you know this ain't the 1800s here but you know that's i mean she knows how to sacrifice she knows how to budget and like budget to me was like a cuss word for a long time i think that's the thing that's really cool we can have this conversation is money is this elusive thing that nobody really talks about yet it's a key in it's like a key component of life oh yeah when how i grew up in life at the dinner table money was something we don't talk about and then if i would dream in front of my family my stepdad would shut it down he like i'd say oh you know i would like to buy that he'd said oh where are you gonna get that money from you know there's no you can't buy that and it would just shut the dream off. The dream killer. And I didn't really learn about money until uh, about mid-Marine Corps, about my four years in the Marine Corps. And then when I got out, I really started reading books. Uh, John Maxwell, Dave Ramsey. I read a couple of stuff. Jim Rome, uh, one of the guys I always talk about. He really educated me about money. And I think this is such a great topic that we can sit down for a second and have an honest conversation that our listeners can listen to and say, man, you know, I, I, how I grew up, I didn't get to talk about money. In reality, you got to put it in a headlock. If you don't put money in a headlock, dude, it'll run all over you. You'll either, you can't capture it or it'll capture you via debt. So I think this podcast we can have an open conversation about money is how you said you grew up not really knowing about it you know your daddy didn't really teach you about it but he knew money was there to now where you are and be able to kind of lay out some key things that our listeners can grab onto and say man maybe i can headlock you know the topic of money yeah here's one of those you know the things there's there's certain principles that i've added you know through from now you know 40 years number one thing man i pay my tithes to the church i mean i'm a christian 10 percent, dude that's i believe that's god's i feel like i'd rather give him 10 than give him 90 you know and and i know like i had friends that if you don't believe that way whatever but i really believe i mean me and jessica have i mean it's part you know I, my contract i talked about i read every morning we give 10 percent to church and 10 percent away and uh, man, that's that, that's like a principle that's not broken. If it is, I can't, you know, sit there and do not. I just believe that's the way that built the first part is uh, is that supposed to be. And we do, uh, and we've done so many different kinds of budgets and fought over this. I mean, m- I mean, money has been like the fight in our marriage. I mean, in so, ten years, so it has then so been, been the like best, battle. Uh, budget that you guys worked on. What's the best one that you guys come to agreement on? I think being realistic, like really being realistic, sitting down and we're still like, we got, we're about to do this again. We, and I think we have to need to talk about it weekly because it's fluid. I mean, there's stuff that comes up, you know, having even, you know, Dave Ramsey has some really great things for your debt. I really believe Dave Ramsey is the best person to go to if you're in debt, trying to get out of debt because, you know, have, having the emergency fund pay off, you know, you sit there and have the snowball effect, all the things, you know, that your smallest bill, different things and having your emergency fund you know three to six months and all those things he does very well and uh if you're trying to get out of debt but i was like if you don't have a budget if you don't know how much you start with and how much you're trying to end with and how much you're trying to spend you know if you don't know if you're not out of sight out of mind which i used to be that way i'd, I'd rather not know i'd rather not go check my checking account or know have a clue 
I mean, there's a large part of my life like that. And, you know, like, you know, it's going to look like it's going to keep coming back or something. And I was like, hey, but that part, but you need to know. It's like, you know, on the scales, it's like you need to get on the scales and see, you need to know where you're at. And what happens is men, a lot of times, like, hey, yeah, I make 60 grand a year, but hey, you're taking home like 37. So you're really not making that much. So how are you, know, are you budgeting for that? You know, are you trying to get a side hustle, pick that up or trying to add some money or, or are you sitting there making $60,000 and driving a $70,000 truck and living in a $200,000 house and you're like, you're like one job loss away from losing everything and there's no plan. You know, one thing we talk about in my house is lifestyle creep. Lifestyle creep, we call it, is keeping up with the Joneses is what, why do you want to live in that house? Why do you want to drive that car? And is it something that just because that's what you want? Uh, you know, I know guys that really work hard. One of my good friends, Brian Scholes, he loves driving a new car. He just, he likes it. He's a good buddy of mine. And he's like, Ryan, I work hard to drive a new car. And that's what I want to do. That's what makes me happy. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if you start driving a new car just to keep up the Joneses, I can tell you I was a victim of that in California. It was, I had to dr drive a nice car. I had to have a nice house. And everything became keeping up with the Joneses. And you can easily start to live outside your lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Easily. It, and we call it lifestyle creep. And so I think you just got to be aware on that. It's almost like you got to put it on the radar and say, where am I? And where do, how do we want to live? And then be cognitive of lifestyle creep. That, oh, we got to buy this because they're buying that. And I think that's one of the worst things you can do that'll drag you down quickly, like financial quicksand. Oh, yeah. Is being aware of financial, I mean, uh, lifestyle creep. Well, it's like the, uh, like you, that part of it right there is like, man, most people, like you say, evaluate your finances. I'm like, you need to go and see every debt you have, everything you owe. Because, I mean, there's a thing. Who wants to be the slave to the debtor? I mean, that is the I think worst thing. It, it is. It is the worst thing ever to be slave to the debtor. I've been there. Uh, I mean, I'm still there. Something, you know, went to the bank, owe some money, which I mean, we could pay stuff off. But I was like, man, I would rather not owe anybody anything. And uh, because this just this makes the relationship not good. But but people, though, they think, man, I can get this money. And, and this like I've been working on a new business. Um, dude, and I get calls. I, don't, I feel like people are listening to my phone, which I know they are. But I get calls from like people like, "Hey, you need you need funding today on this or that?" You know, are you trying? To, and I mean, it's every day, every day. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm good, good to go. Just want to give you money, but you know, they're also going to give you the interest rate, and also you got to you got to pay this, owe that. But you know, right now the economy is good, so money's like a lot easier to get, and people are wanting to do that, but. Just because you can get money, just because you can borrow, just because you can charge, just all those things, it doesn't need you to mean to do that. And uh, what happens, the slave to the debtor takes to this place that, hey, right now I can handle that. My capacity is really okay. I can work this money and make this payment. And, but what if you lose your job or your spouse loses their job or your side hustle goes down? What if you, you have a car accident? What if you have, you know, what if your car blows up? You know, whatever, you know, sit there and it could be anything. And are you planning? I'm saying I don't live in fear, but if you're not planning for, you know, stuff like that. Stuff happens. That's why emergency funds are good to have. And uh, I really, my wife, I've had to learn this and I've not wanted to learn it, but it's to know where you're at all the time. Knowing how much money's in the bank, how much is in your savings, how much, and the way we do our budget now, we do it on percentages because our income fluctuates um, up and down because our business um, with Plexus, you know, 
and it and it's crazy how much it fluctuates. But we'll do percentage because we do you know ten percent of ties, ten percent of giveaway. And then we'll have you know sit there. We'll put twenty percent to uh, retirement. We live on. Uh, we need to live on what I make from Plexus, and uh, so the other stuff. You know, there's not a lot there, and we're still trying to carve away at the. I'm trying to sell the RV, which my you know my wife's like you know yelling at me about still. And uh, so if you want an RV, I'll give you a really good deal <laughs> and a great deal. Taking so a lot question awesome. real quick, Rob, if one of our listeners was here, he says, hey, Rob, you don't know me. I live paycheck to paycheck. What would be your final financial advice to that person? I would still, they still need to see how much coming in and going out, man. If they're making a thousand dollars for yeah, a business. Yeah. I mean, like if you need a line item, yeah, every single thing. Yeah. If you're sitting there, if you're making a thousand dollars a month and you're spending $2,000 a month, you know, you can't keep operating that way. It's just not going to, it's not sustainable. You're like, yeah, I'm going to get my income tax back, buddy. You know, I'm going to get caught up. No, you're going to get caught up. You're still giving the government a free loan by paying income tax money. You know, that part, you're not, you're not getting caught. You have to sit there and change something. You say, hey, what can, you know, like you'll see, read some blogs, Dave Ramsey's like sell everything. And I'm a huge person. Like if you can't, you know, the payments you're making, you need to really think about, is this something I really need or want? And I still, I mean, I struggle with this too. I'm just like every guy, I love pretty shiny things. You know, I love, man. Um, and I, you know, like about two years ago, Ryan was this, me and Jessica, man, we were borderline. I mean, she, she left me because of money because I was spending out of control. And, you know, like, you're like, well, you made a lot of money, but at the same time there was like, man, I bought a side by side. I bought a tractor. I bought a $70,000 truck. I bought guns, you know, and there was like a thing too, you know, like those things were not making me happy. I was bored. Not a good place to be because I was making a ton of money. But what happened was we went through this and I sold guns, I sold my side by side, still trying to sell my RV, sold my truck, which, uh, God, that was like, you know, like it was like heartbreak for me. It was like, I was like, I really do love my wife. <laughs> I gave, you know, but you know, those things like that. But, you know, honestly though, it was all materialistic, man. And that the place you're living at, you know, just out of boredom, whatever, those are material things. And you can always buy them back, you know. You know, since yeah. then, I, buy, I have I have the oldest, told Ryan last night, I think the oldest truck I think I've had in our 10 years of marriage, which I love my truck. And, you know, and the certain things, I got rid of some guns and I bought a couple different ones back. You know, those things that they're to adjust and the place where you're at, you have to really just have to adjust and have to be, be honest. You know, what happens with me and like me and Ryan talk about this a lot. 18 you think you're still the person you were physically at 18 financially you think you think you're this person you're probably not you're probably wow you don't want to check your good. credit score unless you're going to buy a car and you're sitting there praying to jesus that you know that lord let my credit score be good enough and you know it comes back to be good enough you got like a you know barely 600 but you're going to pay twice as much on your interest rate you know but you weren't taking care of business man i will i you know my credit score i have credit karma which is free and I know my score goes up and down every month. I just watch it because I want to make sure and make sure another somebody's not putting junk on my credit. But money, man, it's like there's a relationship with it is good and bad. You know, people have that lack relationship with it. You know, like I don't have enough. And the mentality is like, hey, money's amoral. It's not good or bad. People say, you know, people say the love of money, you know, it's a, it's a, you know the money's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. If that's the thing you're chasing and lust, you know, that that's what's not good. But money's amoral can be used for good or bad. That's exactly right. You know, I think in my house, when I grew up, I grew up extremely poor. I mean, extremely poor. That's why I think I can speak life into other men that have really real, lived that hard knock life. 
because I grew up, literally, my stepdad would go behind Safeway, which is like a grocery store. It's kind of like Kroger, and they would throw away food. And my stepdad would go get it and bring it home. That's how poor we were. And, I mean, I ate out of, uh, what do they call it, food shelters or whatever it's called, food banks. And we'd eat peanut butter out of a white jar that said peanut butter and black lettering. And I just... I mean, money was something we didn't talk about. And money in my house really fluctuated happiness. On the first of the month, we would get paid from the government, and our house would be happy. My stepdad would be super happy. My mom would be happy, and we would go to McDonald's, and we could get whatever we wanted. And and they lived a middle-class mindset. And then by the middle of the month, we'd be out of money and then it would just start to bring, you know, pain and anger in our house. And so a lot of our emotional state was attached to money. And so I really wanted to change that when I grew up and, and I really started focusing on what is money and how do I headlock it. And I came across this one principle and I've been passing it down to my kids and it's called the 70, 10, 10 and 10 rule. And what that is, is all the money that I make, I need to know how much that is. 70% can be debt. I mean, this this isn't a, the best plan, but it's a plan. 70% of the money that I make, I can spend. Do whatever I want with it. 70%. That is a big chunk of the money that comes in. Uh, 10% goes to active capital. 10% goes to passive capital. And ten per, uh, the last 10% goes to tithe or charity of your choice. And I found that when you do that, you start to under the, understand the principle of money and you can start to instill that at children at a young, young age. I can do it with a dollar. I say, Logan, check it out, buddy. You got a dollar. What are you going to do with it? He can take 70 cents and he can go do whatever he wants with it. Now, this, the part that my children had a problem understanding is what's the difference between passive and active capital. Now, there is a debate about passive capital and what is that. But just for simplistic terms, we'll say that passive capital is, I have a bicycle and I've already bought the bicycle and I'm going to let somebody, I'm just going to rent it. I don't have to do anything. They come and get the bicycle to ride the bicycle and I charge them. That's passive act. uh, That's passive capital. I didn't do anything for it. Active capital that I would tell Logan, my son, is I would say, you buy a bike and I update it, I paint it, I change the wheels, and then I sell it for more than I bought it. That would be active capital because I put work in it. Essentially, passive capital is making money and I'm not really doing anything for it. Now, it could be like writing a book. Once you write the book and the book's published, anything that comes in after that is passive capital. And then the last is that tithe or charity. That last tithe and charity is super important because, it, man, it does something with our heart. When you give somebody something that they don't have or you help or you give back to the church, there's this how God made us. It puts a positive tone into our heart and, and a gratefulness that we can give to others that aren't as fortunate. And so you could teach that at a young age and you can adjust those numbers based on your family. But I've watched Logan, my son, dude, learn this principle of 70, 10, 10 and 10. And the dude has 150 bucks right now and nine years old. 
That's awesome, man. That's what, you know, I think the big thing is they have a plan because what happens is no two people are going to agree on the same thing. That's why, man, you're hundred percent right. That's like, you know, like the end of Dave Ramsey plan about, and some people, man, they'll fight about that. And Dave Ramsey's plan is, I was like, I really think it's great for getting out of debt. But I was like, for business, I, I don't like to run it that way. And that's just, and that's me, that's me personally. And, uh, like Dave, I still love you. I'm still going to put you in my book though. And, uh, but I was like, you know, his, this, the, the budget there that, you know, having the budget and sit there and also about you know, the emotional thing. Cause I mean, man, I'm an emotional buyer, man. And I, 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 I was like, don't ever drive something you can't afford. Cause you know, that's just the worst thing. Don't ever put something on. Don't ever put a gun in your hand. You don't need, you know, it's all those things. Don't touch, you know, those things. But you know, as like ha- having a plan, that's where like so many guys, what happens is they have not had a plan and they don't want to be in their house. They're the spiritual leader or whatever their wife might do all the money. But I was like, even if your wife takes care of every penny, you need to sit there and partner with her and say, Hey, how are we doing this? She might be the CFO, but you're the CEO of your house. You should be. I really, truly believe that as a man. And you, you need to know. It's like, hey, how are we going to do this? Make these decisions together because Jessica, we're making some big purchases. And I'm always like, do whatever you want to do because I know I can, that gives me the, free, you know, like the freedom. She's like, no, really. I'm like, I told you, do whatever you want to do. So I said, like, I can do what I want to do. She's like, no, that's not how this works. We're making these decisions together. And that's where we've had to like really work on that. The same thing about having, having a plan there because, um, we, you know, sit there. I mean, I study, we study this a lot and just trying to learn because man, I think the Bible says has a, remember I think it's a thousand or 2000 verses talking about money and it causes tons of issues within family, within marriages. Like I said, every big fight we've had, it's been over money. You know, or the you know the lack of money, and uh, you can see that. I mean, it's across the board. Um, but uh, you know how you treat it, how you talk about it, all those things, and and really about and how you spend it because um, money. One of those things we talked about a little bit earlier too. Me and Ron was talking about money magnifies you. So if you're a good person and you have money, you're still probably going to be a good person. If you're a bad person and you were bad with money, you have money, you're still probably going to be a bad person because it's some of those things. That's that you, exactly right. It's just, it magnifies who you are because generous people just don't become generous. And, uh, but I, I really think, you know, the whole thing right now, there's people listening. It's like, man, you don't have a clue where I'm at. And I do have a clue, man. I know I've, I've been where I went through my, man, I've dug for change. You know, I've bummed rides. I've borrowed money. You know, I've done, you know, all those things that I hate. I mean, I hate looking back. I hate not having that. That feel of lack is to me is the worst feeling. The thing to be you know hungry, to be say, hungry and not have say, money. Guess what? They say you're lucky. Uh, must be nice. You know, That's you know, Cameron Haynes the same thing. Must be nice to be where you're at. You know, but but they don't see the first two acts. You know, they don't know, man. Those things. You know, that part you're lucky. It's not about luck. It's about man. Tomorrow, you go sit there and get a part time job or side hustle. Or, you know, there's all those things. There's 10 things you can do to make more money um, besides what you're doing. And like right now, if you say, I can't get a job, I'll call you a liar. I'll call you a bold-faced liar to your face because there's jobs everywhere. And there's my entire life. In my entire 40 years, I've never not been able to have a job. The other day when my friends... I think people are not prepping themselves, though. I think just, you know, speaking from my own experience... I think we might have been told when we were young that you won't be good enough. You know, my stepdad used to say that to me. He would say, you know, you're not good enough. You're not, you know, you're always going to be like us. You know, he would say that. And I had big dreams when I was younger. I said, dude, we're going to, you know, my first car is going to be a Mercedes. That's what I used to tell him. And he would say, oh, yeah, you know, keep dreaming. How are you going to pay for that? 
we can't even buy dinner and you want a Mercedes. And that was my goal, man. I wanted my very first vehicle to be a Mercedes. And I, so I think when you start to get out and you really try to focus on money, I think, or focus on a job, I think there's time where you'll lie to yourself and you say, I'm not good enough. Um, I'm trapped. This is all I can do. And like you and I talk, I think people put ceilings on themselves. And they say, my ceiling is only 70,000. My ceiling is only 43,000. And this is all I can make. This is all this is all I'm good for. In reality, man, you're made in God's image, dude. And you have so much potential that you can unlock. Sometimes we can't see that potential in ourselves, Rob. I mean, I, I totally agree because I was like, you, you're going to hit the place you believe yourself, you know. And I, and sometimes I, people, it's not arrogancy. It's not like Ryan just said. God made us to be creators. He's made us, man. There's some dude that is a multimillionaire that created a tampon. <laughs> no joke dude seriously you know that being as funny as it is there's a guys that there's people that wrote books that's never left their house there's man there's people that have done stuff and you know the ideas and uh, I mean I, I really believe all kinds of people have good ideas but they don't they don't go into them they don't sit there they don't try to pursue them and I, and I mean I believe I mean I believe money is one of those things we go back to is like I don't have enough and I don't have enough as, a, as a, like a, a feeling of lack. And that feeling of lack is not just about money. It's time. It's like, you know, like I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I was like, that's your own persona. Because you know what? You get 86,000 seconds a day, the same amount I get. But I sit there. I'm going to sit there. What am I going to be intentional about how I do at that time? Same thing about money. Whatever you got, you got to be intentional and tell where to go. I mean, Dave Ramsey talks about tell your money where to go. Just there, you know, ha- having your envelopes. You same thing with your time. You have to schedule your time because time is way more valuable than money. It's the commodity you never get back. So the thing you have to learn how to sit there and do those things. And man, and I really, you know, some books I was, was kind of talking about. You know, think and grow rich. You know, that book's forever old, man. And but it's still, it's just one of those good Napoleon Hill talks about, and there's so many like good little snippets. And if you haven't read that, you know, rich dad, poor dad, another good one. Um, all these things about is your mentality, you know, sitting there educating yourself about this, but getting a plan together and getting a plan that's man, that's realistic because here's what, you know, you're like, Rob, I'm going to make a million dollars next year. Okay. Yeah. If you're making $10,000 this year, you're going to make a million dollars next year. How are you going to do that? And I'm big about reverse engineering. You know, sit there because you got 12 months, you know, divided by the month. So that means you're going to make $83,333.33 a month. And it's like, okay, are you going to do that this month? Because if you don't make that this much, you got to catch up the next month. You know, all those things about backwards, about how you're thinking, because you need goals. You need, you know, we talk about goals, smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time bound. But you need to be realistic, but also you need to have a plan of how you want to get there. And I really, really, truly believe this, that, man, we live in the greatest country in the world. And and people say, you know, it's not the same here anymore. That's not true. There's immigrants coming in here, man, that can't hardly speak English that are becoming millionaires because That's they right. have work ethic. And they're going at it. And they're not believing somebody's like, you can't do that or you don't do that, you know. And, man, I sit there. I'm like, hey, this country, I mean, I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm a capitalist. I hate socialism. If you love that, I'm sorry. You know, move to Venezuela and starve and go and get in the food line. But we have a chance to do and make our own. And whatever God's gifted us to do, it might be writing books, it might be painting houses, whatever. You can get out there and do it and make it 
you know, and live the life you want to live. You don't have to be, you know, that, that mindset, but it's a mindset of lack. And I don't, I don't want to live there. And I, and I think about sometimes like I ain't got enough time. And it's like, well, you know what happens? Things are important for me. I'll make time for it. Yeah. You know, I want to inspire our listeners real quick by telling a quick story. I agree with you, dude. I think there's two things that really helped me when I started to really start to jump on the path of success. One is, what is my talents that God gave me? My God-given talents. What do I do if I didn't have to make any money? What would I do? That's what you need to focus on. Secondly, what is the market? So how can I mesh what the market needs and what I love to do? And when they mesh in the middle, that's your business. It's that simple. And I was like, wow, man, I really love leveling people up. I like watching people grow. I like watching people become safe. I like watching people win. I like watching people get motivated. And so I said, how do I mesh that with the market? And boom, that simple. You have a business. And, and then people say, Ryan, well, you know, I don't know what to do. And and I want to share this real quick story with you, Rob. You probably heard it before. It's uh, from Les Brown, the motivational speaker. He says that you're on your deathbed and you're about to die. He's telling the story. He said, when you're about to die, all of a sudden these, these ghost figures start walking into your room. And while you're laying there, you're on your deathbed, they start looking at you with these angry eyes and they just start walking in and walking in. And soon you're surrounded by these ghostly figures. And then one speaks up and he says, you know, you were the only one that could have brought us to life. I was a dream of yours. I was a goal of yours. And you were the only one that could breathe life into us and bring us bring us into the world. But instead, you let us die. And then he says, how many of those figures will be in the room when you die? And man, if that does not fire you up, I want to die and have no dreams that weren't unfulfilled. I really want to get after it. And I think when you realize that God put something in you, man, what is it? What do you love to do? I'm telling you, when you do that, you can make money. And you can and you can do it in the right way. I mean, I am one hundred percent in agreement with you because we all have these giftedness. And some people say I'm not gifted at anything. And man, oh, you're gifted. You're gifted at something. I mean, I mean, it's hard for me to put my name, my, what I'm good at. You know, and I think I think connectedness is probably one of those things. Networking, but you know, I can feel like that's part of those things. When you find that, you leverage it. I mean, leverage. You know, people used to always say, "Oh, work on your weaknesses," and I like forget that. I don't work on my weaknesses. I hire my weaknesses. I delegate my weaknesses. I my strengths. I leverage them, and I leverage them to the very max. It's like Jessica. She did a she did a start launch her podcast. Man, I talked to every person I knew. I leveraged every social contact I had. Every bit of my social capital. I like you know I bankrupt down social capital. You know, I promised everything but sexual favors. So, you know, for my wife to sit there to hit number one in the podcast. So listen to her podcast. You're worth it. That's your plug, Jess. That's how much I love you, babe. But boom, it all goes back to this, man. I really think it goes back to mindset. First about believing who you are and what you can do. That's where it starts out with money and your mindset towards money. You know, whether it's scarcity or whether, you know, it's, I don't want to talk about that or whatever. And I'm just going to read just a couple of things, man. Because this is like I was reading this today. And uh, this is like a, a list. 
and this is like a poverty mindset, you know, and also having a wealth mindset. Poverty lives for today, but wealth leaves a legacy. self critique you know, when you sit there, you want something, I got to have it today. You know, you know, you sit there and you sacrifice. It lives, you know, for tomorrow. Next thing, poverty finds a problem in every opportunity, while wealth finds an opportunity in every problem. Solving a problem is how you make that money. Poverty mm-hmm. feels entitled while wealth feels empowered. If you guys met some entitled people, I meet a few every day, it seems like. I'm, I still love them, though. Poverty fears the future, yet wealth makes history. Man, that's a, so, you know, the fear there, the mindset. It goes back to the mindset. Poverty blames others for its conditions, but wealth takes responsibility for things that's not its fault. Man, ownership right there, you know, it's things we talk about. Poverty asks, well, what are you going to do for me? Wealth asks, who's worthy of my investments? Man. Wow. Poverty hangs around with other disgruntled sorts who validate its accusations, but wealth surrounds itself with other powerful influencers. You see, poverty votes for candidates who will increase its entitlements. Uh, I'm going to say anything who that is. But while wealth elects officials who will sacrifice today's comfort for tomorrow's children. Wow. And man, that's one of those things that, you know, and even, even going before, wealth is different than rich. You know, rich people get their identity from things that they own, their houses, cars, yachts, money. Wealthy people's identity comes from who they are, not who, what they own. Mm. And man, I just, you know, that mindset goes back in about poverty, about wealth, because here's what happens too. I think about, Ryan, do you remember when you'd meet somebody that had something, when you didn't have something, you would judge them? You know, like, that guy's a douche. You know, you know, yeah, he sit there, you dude, sit there, he would like, it's the way, you know, like that would be like, that guy's a douchebag, you know, but reality, he's probably just a really nice guy. has been, you know, worked really hard and, you know, sit there. we don't have a clue if he's just cause he has a nice truck or nice clothes or a nice watch or, you know, all those things. It's like, I always talk, it's like Tom Brady syndrome. The dude's won like so many Super Bowls, married to supermodels, been very successful, but you know, the first year he won the Super Bowl, he was the underdog story. He was 109 out picking the draft people, you know, didn't hate him. But now he has all these things, and I'm just going to hate that guy because he has all the things I wish I had. But he worked for him. So it's like this syndrome we have. We can't sit there. We want to judge people. I think we need to, instead of putting the microscope on somebody else, we need to put the telescope on ourselves and look really look at ourselves and say, man, what am I doing? You know, I think... In this world, in 2000, about to be 20, we we judge other people. We spend so much energy judging other people versus judging ourselves. And when we judge ourselves, that's where the progress is made. And so, yeah, I used to do that when I was younger, man. You know, I would look at people and say, "Man, how does he get so lucky, man?" Why he, you know, he must come from a rich family. Let me tell you something, Rob. When I start, you know, started S7 and we started to do really well and um, paid off all of our debt, paid off our vehicles, and I started to get on this path of success, I remember talking to somebody and he said, It must be nice to be silver spooned. <laughs> and I had this like weird feeling in my body, like, this dude has no clue. Man, I was homeless, man, for a time. Uh, my mom lived in a battered uh, woman's shelter. 
with the, with me and my sister, like this guy has not a clue of the work and the sleepless nights that I put in. Yeah. It's almost like that uh, iceberg picture where you only see the top of it, and then the iceberg it's goes like deep underwater. Yeah, there's and a so. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is not. I want to tell our listeners, you got what it takes. Oh, yeah. It's inside of you. You got what it takes. You can do it. I think what you need to do is do a real deep assessment of where your money is and what are your goals. And then I think you need to surround yourself with people who will tell you that you have more capabilities than you think you do. I mean, like I said, you have talents and the world has problems and you could take those talents and serve and no one is like you. No one has the talents that you do, but it's that internal battle, that internal dialogue that beats us up and tell us that we're not good enough and that we don't have the skills and that, you know, having money is, is negative and it's only for the rich. I mean, here's one of those things too. I think it goes back to, I'm going to read this real quick. It says, true wealth is a first condition of the heart that affects the world around you. It's not necessarily related to how much money you have in the bank, but there are many wealthy people who don't have a lot of assets. And I think, man, it's such a mindset because when you go to a third world country, you meet people who have like one set of clothes living in a shack, man, but they're content and they are wealthy because they have Man, they have, they're free. To me, that's, that's, you know, it's not even just about money. You know, they, they're not worried about tomorrow. They're not thinking about lack. And, man, they share with you. I don't know if you ever, the third world country, they will give you food. They want to give you the nicest thing. And there's, like, honor and all these things. I was like, we're so backwards. Like you said, the American dream. Like, hey, I'm going to work for somebody else for 40 years. Hopefully, Social Security will be there, and I'm going to live and die. And that's, you know, that's not the dream I want to live. Like, I was like, I'm content now. I was like, we're living in a single wide trailer. My kids are healthy. I got my friends. I'm good, you know. Yeah, wealth can be love. Wealth can be happiness. It's not just money. I think if you're chasing things, you'll always be broke. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we talked about, too, uh, your why. I mean, you had this conversation just talking yesterday. If your why is money, you know, that that's why you go to work. That's why you do everything. Why? You're going to grow lonely and old and have money that's going to be it you can't just be your why you cannot be you know you sit there your why cannot just be money money gives you more choices to do more things yeah it's great i'm glad i'm blessed with money but it's not you can't be the reason you do everything because if it is you become greedy you know you sit there your why is just not it, it, it can't be the whole thing it can't be like i said the love of money is the root of all evil you know, it's, it's not, it's the love of money. It's not money. Money's amoral. It's, I get that. And that's the big thing kind of circling back around. We kind of way, I mean, we way rabbit trail way, way off. It's like, we want you to know that no matter if you're in debt a million dollars, there's a way to get out of that. That's exactly right. Seriously. <laughs> if Find a coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we'll help, you know, Dave Ramsey, I'll tell you, is probably a smart place there. And man, and like, you can sit there, you can make ways out of that. Cause I mean, I look, man, the debts that I've been in financially, and this, I mean, I'm going to be honest here, I think, I think I've think i talked about this a little bit, did one year, and we paid off, I paid off a half a million dollars in debt. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, that is very crazy. It's even crazier I got there, but, you know, crazier that, you know, those things, but, you know, sit there. The mindset is like, hey, what am I going to give up? And that's when I sold my truck. I sold my side-by-side. I sold my Glock. I sold my... 
Daniel's defense, all the, you know, is like started just getting rid of stuff. And I started cutting stuff out of my life. I didn't, I was like, do I really need this? I mean, I got rid of subscriptions. I got rid of, you know, and what happened was it, you know, that shift is like, I really don't need this stuff. You know, as long as I got my family, it's the most important thing. And, uh, that's right. Living within your means. Yeah. And that's what he goes back to. It's like, I mean, it's just like, Hey, if you're, if you're spending more than you're putting in, you're not going to be in a good place. But money's like me and Ryan are not, you know, we are blessed, but you know, man, there's so many money managers, so many financial advisors, like good ones that won't just take your money and trying to sell you something, but people will help you like, Hey, here's a budget. You know, there's an app called every dollar. So Dave Ramsey uses that great. You know, you can sit there and pay for it. Whatever you got to do, if it's envelopes, man, get a budget, get a plan, have a plan. If you're married, have a plan that you and your wife agree on. And, uh, and that's the thing about you have to agree on, it has to be almost like a contract that, Hey, this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to go. And, you know, our plan has to have a reason why we're doing it. It might be to pay your house off. Like me and my wife, that's that's our plan, man. You know, it's probably going to be middle 2020, maybe first quarter 2020. We're going to have our house paid off and start saving money for cash to remodel. And uh, But there's a plan there. And sometimes when I want to buy something or want to do something, she's like, is that part of the plan? And I'm like, No. You're like, no, it's not, but it sounds so cool. <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, there's a part, I'm a free spirit and she's a nerd, man. She wants to, you know, like buy the book and I'm like, Hey, let's go, you know, do these things that cost money. And I don't, I don't want to do that, you know, but that's where those things too. ego, man, you have to get your ego out of it. Like right now in my truck, I love my truck, but it's a 2011, it's nine years old. You know, my my best friend's wife bought him almost a brand new truck last week, man. I was like, there was a little bit of envy, but I was happy no for him. No creep, no lifestyle. <laughs> you, know, but, you know, but that thing, but you know, it was such a sweet, his, he, he was gone out of town. He, as you listen to it, and his wife like bought it for him and brought it by my office so I could see it. And I'm like, oh man, this is so sweet. You know, but I was happy for him. But at the same time, I was like, part of me is like, I want to go look at new trucks. But I was like, was that... No, I don't need to, because my plan is for to pay the house off for my wife. It's the one I agreed upon, and sticking to it. But you know, having a plan, man, having that plan where you guys are at, no matter what, and um, and in believing you can get to it. And too, like what happens sometimes, man, you got to start an entry level job to get to the next level. Sometimes you got to, you know, Ron, man, he's the. You're I'm not saying this because you're my friend and on the podcast, you're one of the hardest working people I know. And and I humbly appreciate that. Because I know, you guys don't know this, he goes to a, a government job. It's not really a nine to five. It's more like, what, a seven to five. And then also he gets up Monday, Wednesday, Friday, does sheepdog skills at 5 a.m. Then he has the range. And, you know, Sunday I was at the range down there and they had classes all day. And he does this stuff, man. He still has two kids. that he, He's a part of their life. He still travels. He's in Denver right now. And he still goes to church. He does, I mean, he does all those things. And it's like, man... I'm too lazy and you're, you're honestly probably too lazy I and mean, if you're saying that you probably are but if you want to get out of debt sometimes you got to sacrifice sleep you have to sacrifice things that you want you know you have to sacrifice hey I'm going to drive an older truck for a while hey I'm not going to sit there and have a new Glock 48 I'm going to have a generation 2 pistol that I got for $200 or go buy me a $100 high point because fundamentally uh, high you know, point baby <laughs> It's, but you know those Welcome things. The dojo. But you know those things, man. You have to do stuff like even it's a, it's called sacrifice and tea. 
and get past your ego, get past yourself. And, uh, and that's where, I mean, I've been there before. I was like, I, I deserve this, that entitlement. When that entitlement sneaks in there, I deserve this. You're like, man, you need to go think about, do I really did my kids, my family and, uh, and just, and get a plan because man, I, so many people don't have a plan. I think so many people don't have an emergency fund. So many people don't have, they're not thinking about their kids going to college. They're not thinking about all these things. They're living for the moment. And I promise you, man, that car, your new car you drive off the lot in a month, you'll have regrets. You're probably gonna have regrets when you pay sales tax and you get new tags on it and think, why did I do this? And uh, a question for you, Rob, you say have a plan and an emergency front fund. Can you specify that? So if someone's listening, they say, okay, you need to have a plan, you need to have an emergency fund. I know what that is because of Dave Ramsey and other books that I've read. Let me say this before you answer too, is Ryan, I don't have money to buy the books, man. I'm working paycheck to paycheck. Let me tell you, man, I am a penny pincher. Dude, when I fart, a penny falls out. I'm just saying. So when I drive my vehicle, I turn my vehicle into a mobile library. You can get Think and Grow Rich on audio uh, book. You can get uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad free on YouTube. You can get Dave, Dave Ramsey, YouTube and it's free. So I want you to know that we're not saying that you got to go out there and buy stuff. What I'm saying is expand your horizons and grab the knowledge. Go to the library, man. I mean, the library is, go to the library, man. You can, my wife, every once in a while I go, uh, I mean, I love to buy books and she gets mad, you know, she's like, I'll have like more books coming. She's like, have you read the pile you have? And then I will go, sometimes I go to the library and I'll go check a couple out. There ain't nothing wrong with that. And there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's where, you know, there's also share, and people borrow books, and you have, you know, those things that uh, sit there. And, you, and hey, one of my things said uh, that, uh, you know, today's readers are tomorrow's leaders. So I think you're on to something about going to the books, um, going to the library, get on a podcast. And try to just expand your horizons. Like I said, once you start to find your goal and you find the need of something, you mesh them together, I mean, you can really, you know, make that money. And it's there to be made, you know, and it's not a bad thing. Um, you know, I would challenge our listeners to listen to this, and I, w- I would tell them that um, get out and get what you're worth. I remember I was working as a patrol officer in California, and I was really struggling. I was in a, uh, I was working a lot of hours. I was trying to make ends meet. You know, in the state of California, if you're not making a hundred grand, you're in poverty. And so, um, I was just struggling. My wife was an at-home wife. I was turning and burning. I was working sixteen hours, and I came to my chief of police, and we had this conversation. And he said, Ryan. You need to get out and get what you're worth. And then it caused me to drive home and really think, man, how much am I worth? Am I worth $50,000 a year? Am I worth $100,000 a year? Am I worth $30 an hour? What am I worth? And um, yeah, he, he, he asked me that. And man, it motivated me. To really seek out the knowledge and, and try to go out and get what I'm worth. And I, I just want our listeners to know, man, you have what it takes. 
don't settle, man. Do not settle for this is it. This is all I got. I mean, one more story, Rob, that I'll share with you is, man, I got a buddy in the Marine Corps that was just a savage, man. He was super knowledgeable. Man, he knew more than most of the Marines. Had an outstanding work ethic. And then we got out and life kind of pulled us apart. And then looking back at it, uh, our the past started to come back and mesh. And I found this dude is working at a gas station. And there's nothing wrong with working at a gas station if, you know, you want to jump in and that's what you want to do. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is he knows he has so much more potential, but he just decided that, man, this is it. This is all I got. And man, it just, it hurt my heart because I know that this dude has all the skills and abilities to go out there and make a million dollars, man. And Rob, uh, you and I have talked about it. There's people that we know that just, that have all the skills in the world, but they settle for 30000 a year. They settle for 40000 a year just because that's what they're comfortable with. And so, like I said, man, turn your vehicle into a mobile library. Find out what your passion is and mesh it with the need. I want you to know you have what it takes to get out there. Man, don't let money be some kind of negative you know, subject that you never talk about, man, talk about it, inspire your children, get a plan, put it in a headlock, punch it in the face. I'm telling you, man, because once you make money, you can start to bless other people. And that's probably the coolest thing. I mean, Ron just spit a lot of knowledge there, but the big thing I can tell you is we talked about this and we're still learning this ourselves. We don't have it. We don't know everything. We're still learning. That's right. Man, I've, and I'm blown so much money and I've made bad decisions and I'm still making up for some of those bad decisions, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna get, I feel like I'm in a good place, but the same thing, like going back to like the big thing, all we talked about is like that mindset and you say, Hey, I, I don't even know where to start at. And I'm the big thing I would say, if you're in that part, I would tell you, you know, total money makeover, Dave Ramsey, go to Dave Ramsey class, you know, financial peace, do that. And just to start somewhere to have some knowledge to start and uh, find somebody, man, you think successful, not that has nice car, but you think they look successful and just talk to them, ask them questions, man. I talk to people about financial advisors. I talk about insurance. I constantly shop everything I have trying to save money. Uh, and always those things and you learn little little things man and with business and uh, you learn how to, how to talk to and how to know and you know that thing that, that negative the mindset though that thing of lack you know you have what it takes you have everything every one of us you know we're all you know we all came in the world the same way some of us might have had a little bit of bump from our parents and whatever financially but here that doesn't mean anything that doesn't mean you know it's not the gauge but you guys like Ron said you have what it takes and uh, man, just uh, don't you, you don't have to do anything different. But just just start tomorrow. I'd say you know look at look at your finances. Talk to your wife. Do what you need to do. Man, I appreciate you guys. Um, you know, speaking knowledge and, and allowing us to really talk about money. Um, you know, biggest thing: put a plan together. 
get after it. And, um, man, you know, teach your kids, like we said. And, uh, you know, one thing that I would tell Rob is that uh, I talk to men all the time as investor, I mean, as mentors. And I tell them, I say, uh, man, give me some advice, man. You've been on this planet way longer than me. You've done things way longer than I have. Tell me some advice. And the two things that I hear over and over is one, Ryan, I wish I would have spent more time with my children. I hear that a lot. Another people, I uh, things I've heard is I wish I would have vested younger. Those are the two things that I hear all the time is I wish I would have been smart with my money, invested earlier. And I hear to that cost the spectrum, guys that are just, you know, elite trainers, um, guys that are special agents, law enforcement officers, military, a millionaire, a couple millionaires that, that, that kind of mentor me. And they say, Ryan, I wish I would have spent more time with my children. I wish I would have been smart with my money and invested earlier. All of them have said that. So if that's something they've all said, then we should probably take heed to it. I mean, I think those are, you know, investments too. Investments are not just stock. I have land. I bought, I have lots, you know, things like that. There's different things you can buy. And even Ryan with guns, he has opportunity. There's some guns, but I always, I'm a big person too. Anything has a title, it means probably depreciating. And there's some collectibles that hold value and some things you're just going to hold on to. But you know, wealth is like, you know, it's, it's the marathon. It's not the sprint. You know, getting rich quick usually doesn't happen. And sometimes there's things that, you know, but it's usually 40 years of working, you know, on the small things. But, you know, those things is not, you know, how can I do a little bit each day? You know, every day, you know, that little bit counts, adds up. It's like fitness. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. It is the exact same thing. And some days you're going to be fat and not work out for a while and lose what you have and start over, and uh, which right. is horrible, man. But that, I mean, that's like, I know we've been kind of beating a dead horse, but the big thing is, you know, money mindset, you know, get your mind right about it, you know, don't fear. And one thing too is like, hey, you don't have to end up like your parents. I know that's one of the biggest fears, like, I, I'm, or that's, it's a belief. I'm going to be just like them. You know, I'm going to have anything or I'm going to have a, I'm going to be in this deadbeat job I hate and not anything different. It doesn't have to be that way. You sit there, you're, you're, you're at the helm of your ship. Boom. hundred percent, dude. Well, this is good, man. I think this is one topic that it's kind of a hard topic to talk about. Maybe not the funnest to talk about, but I think it's something that we need to do as men. And, um, man, I appreciate it. Every time I get to be with Rob and speak, a uh, man, I, even for myself, I get to reassess. He said, make sure you know all the money that's going in and going out. Man, I need to do that. So personally, I think when I get back with my wife, I need to lay it out and do a P&L and just look at all the money coming in, the money coming out and see if we could be doing anything right. And just kind of, you know, turbocharging our finances. But Rob, man, from Denver, Colorado. All the way to Arkansas, man. It's always great to see you, and it's great to talk to you, dude. Uh, I'm excited for the Daniel Shaw podcast to come out. I'm excited to talk to you again. Um, Man, I appreciate uh, our listeners tuning in, and hopefully this was value. So uh, for this podcast, man, for Rob and Ryan, did you guys take it easy? God is good. Out. Out.